is a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. In the transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Intercom. Miracle Mile. Maslin and Wilshire. It's the transparent truth. I'm in here solo, but I got a goat on the line. Greg Biggins. Thank you for joining me. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good, Keith. How are you? I'm a little uh I'm a little excited. Okay. But I've got to temper my excitement. I've got to temper my expectations. It's a big week, Southern California high school football. But I'm not sure it's going to live up to the expectations that we all have. But before we get to any of that, GB, we got a lot to get to, man. We've got recruiting with a goat. We got a sleeper of the week coming from Lawndale High School. The Lawndale Cardinals. And then we got some yes, game sir. recaps. Yeah, Lawndale Cardinals. Our guy, Coach Travis Clark over there. But GB, we got recruiting, my man. The Transparent Truth Recruiting Report. Give us what you got. Yeah, had a handful of commitments over the weekend. Probably the uh, the headliner was a guy who's oftentimes referred to as the People's Champ, Max Williams. <laughs> They're a high school people's champ because he's the guy that everyone just loves. Yeah. He's a very lovable guy. Teammates love to play for him. And Sarah High School, going to USC. Obviously, that was a childhood dream school. He had trips set to Oregon, Notre Dame. Unfortunately, was not able to take those because the torn ACL. So, he decided and he, I think he was always going to USC to be honest with you. Oregon was, was probably number two. Um, did a nice job recruiting him. Stanford was involved early but he wanted to graduate early. Max Williams, so intriguing, Keith, because he's a guy who, who doesn't have the great measurables that you see in some players. He's 5'8", he's 175, he runs 4'6", 4'7", and he's not a super hyper twitch guy. But just from an instinctive standpoint, from a feel, from a football IQ, from a just a toughness and guts, and just being a guy who just plays above and beyond I mean, Max is the guy, which, again, I think that's why he's the people's champ. He's the guy who's easy to root for. He's Rocky Balboa, Keith. That's who this guy is. I like it. I think it's important you look at the context that surrounds Max and his football career. Dad was a college football player at the University of Nevada. Max Sr., uh, Max Williams, been playing ever since he was probably five years old. He's 17, 18 now, so he's been playing for 12, 13 years. So his level of knowledge and experience based on his father's playing days, based on his full youth football career, four years started at Sarah. You talk about a high IQ guy, not just a high IQ guy, but a leadership guy, character guy, team first guy, I think, uh, at least in my eyes. Excellent pickup for USC. Max is a bona fide cover corner. He can lock down when he's locked in, and hopefully he's backed soon enough from this knee injury and be ready to compete for playing time down there in South Central L.A. 
USC Trojans. Congratulations. Yeah, they, they need some DBs because they've lost a handful. Bubba Bolden, who's a safety, but Jack Jones, Gonzo, and yeah, they need some depth. Well, Elijah Griffin is already yeah. starting as a true freshman. So right. They need some dudes behind him. No question. So uh, also committing, uh, staying with the Sarah theme, uh, Keith, Justin Lockhart, big receiver, 6'2", transferred in from uh, LaSalle High School in Pasadena, and he committed last night to Nevada. So Lockhart's a, a pretty intriguing kid. Again, of, of those, you know, Sarah receivers, they got a bunch of good ones, Stovall and Bunkley. Um, he's a 6'2 kid, he, and he's got some got some wheels, too. He's a pretty high upside kid, had offers from also Fresno State and Utah State, but said Nevada was the school that he liked the most. They were on him the hardest. He took an official visit this past weekend and decided to go ahead and pull the trigger. I like it. Jay Norvell, a former expert wide receivers coach, also as offensive coordinator at UCLA at one point, now the head guy in Nevada. They've shown a, a small ascension in their football program. A couple of big wins this year. Competing at a high level in the Mountain West Conference. Also, native Los Angelino, E. Scott, wide receiver coach in Nevada. Recruiting hard in the L.A. area. Lockhart commits to the Wolfpack. I think it's a terrific fit. They run a wide open offense. Toa Tawa toting a peel up the gut. And what happens when you put it in Toa's tummy and you pull it out and you got Lockhart running deep? Up and over the top of the defense, GB. Good fit. Congratulations, Lockhart family. Congratulations to the surging Nevada Wolfpack football program and head recruiter, Eric Scott. Yes, indeed. Braylon Trice from Sandra Day O'Connor. This was an interesting recruitment, and that's Sandra Day O'Connor out of Arizona. So Braylon Trice committed to Washington, and up until about five minutes before that announcement, I think most people thought it was going to be Notre Dame. He was all but committed to Notre Dame until he took his last official visit uh, two weeks ago to Washington, and obviously the trip did some did some damage to Notre Dame's hopes because he ended up committing on Saturday to the Washington Huskies. So this is a big, long, athletic defensive end. A really, really good kid in terms of how he fits that scheme. Oregon was also in the mix. He took a, a visit there. That was his final three, but it came down to Washington and Notre Dame. So Braylon Trice chose the Washington Huskies. Uh, Josh Pacola, St. Francis up in Northern California, chose the Stanford Cardinal. Pacola's kind of an interesting dude. Um, really, really uh Really good kid, as most Stanford kids are. Got a chance to talk to him a lot at the opening. But 6'5", 275, a little bit raw. Uh, if you watch him much at the opening finals, Keith, I don't know how many reps he won. Um, wasn't, a, wasn't a lot. I just think, you know, he just he's a guy who just needs a lot of work technique-wise. He needs to get a little bit, uh, you know, a little more functional in how he plays. Yeah. More of a straight line bull rush guy or an edge guy. Just try to try to speed rush guys. But great tape. Um, but against like minded skill and size, start, struggle a little bit. Sure. I think he's probably a red shirt guy at Stanford. But again, you look at the physical tools, the measurables, he's got those. And 
and Stanford always does a good job developing defensive linemen. Yeah, you know what, GB? There's nothing wrong with a guy needing some development. In this era, this day and age, people want kids, true freshmen, to come in ready to play, already groomed and already prepared to come in and compete and contribute to the team. Some places and some kids, they're just not ready. Being that either A, they're not at a high-level football program in high school, B, they don't have the high-level development, either skill and technique-wise or physicality-wise or uh, the mental side of the game. So nothing wrong with a little development when you get to college. Uh, I say, you know, by your third year, you should be at the height of your game, be ready to compete and come in and, and make an impact for your team. So good for that. Yeah. Yeah, I just had two more uh, two more commitments real yep. quick. Uh, Tron Madison from Banning High School, not Banning in L.A., Banning kind of in that uh, okay, what Palm Desert area. Sure. Um, he committed to Oregon State, so that was a nice pickup for the Beavs. Tron Madison's a pretty big physical running back, 6'1", like 205, 210-ish. Um, not, again, not a, a hyper-athletic kid, not a burner, but just a banger between the tackles. And he is playing kind of a almost like a quarterback this year, but runs it more than he throws it. So Oregon State able to land Tron Madison. And then uh, from Linfield Christian, Travion Brown committed to Washington State. Uh, Brown took his visit to Washington State, uh, uh, I'm going to say a week and a half ago, and he committed to the Cougs. So nice pickup for Washington State. Brown played again. Linfield Christian's like Division 12, Division 13, kind of a smallish school, but he's a, he's a pretty big-time talent. Hope he'll, he'll you know, play some linebacker for them, 6'3", 215. They also had a lineman, Ben Coleman, who committed to Cal earlier. So, Linfield Christian is a, uh, a, pretty, uh, a pretty solid program. Deshaun Burns, who played at SC back in the day, his son plays over at Arizona. So, it's a really good program. And then this week, Keith, um, I believe it's going to be this week, uh, Isaiah Rutherford from up in Northern California, Jesuit High School in the Sacramento area. He's going to make his commitment down to Notre Dame, Oregon, Colorado, and Cal. And my crystal ball right now, Keith, is on the Irish. Yeah, I think so. That's I believe he's going. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Big pickup for the Irish if it indeed happens that way. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, Irish, you're undefeated right now, playing good football, and uh, going to get a Jesuit cornerback, Isaiah Rutherford, long and athletic, speed guy, track guy. Adding speed to your team defense is always a necessary component in recruitment if you ask me GB so if it does certainly happen it'll be a big pickup like you said for the Irish and I think probably even bigger for the Rutherford family as they are a terrific family mother father sister um, great people and and congratulations to wherever they decide to commit yeah so this past weekend uh, Boise State had a huge 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 weekend of visitors unfortunately they kind of didn't play all that well, lost to, I always think, a really good underrated San Diego State team, but they had a handful of studs coming in. Kiwan and Keon Markham from Long Beach Poly both took their official visits. Darian Chase, the number one player out of Washington, an athletic kid who can play probably receiver, slot, nickel, a bunch of different positions. He was out there on his visit. Donovan West, uh, big time off of the tackle, who will play guard, I believe, at the next level. He was there on his official visit. Um, Amiri Johnson from Diamond Ranch was there on an official visit, and it had a bunch of players there unofficially committed guys like Hank Bachmeyer and Casey Klein, uh, Jacob Golden. So, Boise State, they went all in on this weekend, and I think it still paid off. People always say, hey, does it hurt a team if you bring them in and the team loses? 
I always say, you know, it doesn't really hurt you that much. I think the kids go, and it's more about the experience. And, yeah, it's fun to see a win, and it's fun to see that exciting, you know, with the crowd going crazy and the game atmosphere and all that. But it, it's I really haven't seen too many players say, you know what, I didn't choose this school because they lost the game I went to. Uh, UCLA also brought in a couple pretty big impact players, one of them being Jason Rodriguez, the big OL committed to USC. And he's already visited Colorado, may visit Utah. I think USC will be a tough flip, but, you know, UCLA, I think they give him a lot to think about. Uh, he mentioned the developmental program they have in terms of their strength, conditioning, and nutrition program at UCLA, probably being the best that he's seen. Actually, I've heard that from a handful of players. So, uh, like the visit, like the opportunity to play early, but I, I do think he still will be a hard flip, but uh, UCLA definitely gave him something to think about. And then also William Nemo from Modern Day took his official visit. He could decide later this week, Keith. Um, I think it's down to Washington State and Cal uh, along with UCLA. So I had him going to Cal early on. Now I'm kind of thinking he might be leaning a little bit more toward UCLA. Mm. So that'll be good. Uh, that'll be a big pickup for them. He's had a really good year. Had a really good game against IMG, I thought. William Nemo, again, we'll see if he does go ahead and, and make that commitment. And then uh, a couple of underclassmen from beautiful state of Washington, Eastside Catholic team H.G. Scott and Sam Adams both visited Ohio State over the weekend, Keith. And G. Scott was, um, G. Scott and actually Sam Adams both were offered scholarships by the Buckeyes. So they saw the Buckeyes kind of struggle a little bit early on against Indiana. Um, so shoot, even we talk about high school players looking ahead and, you know, in trap games and coming off an emotional win. I think shoot, college level guys, happens to them as well come off a big win over Penn State and Ohio State man they were struggling to beat Indiana for about the first three quarters so sure. they kind of pulled it pulled it out uh, Sam Adams also offered by Oregon so uh, nice job by Sam a lot of people might know his famous father Sam Adams Sr. played at Texas A&M and then in the NFL big time D tackle oh, and yeah. Jojo uh, Jojo Force took an official visit to Oregon State this past weekend Joe Joe will be at Washington State this weekend, Keith, and then he'll make a decision between those two Pac-12 schools. Have so, you have you crystal balled that thing yet, Jimmy? You know, I I have not because I don't even have. Uh, I'd be guessing, and I don't like to guess. Yeah. So right now, <laughs> I don't think he's even he's even kind of leaning. He, he's basically said, you know, I'm going to wait till I take my last visit, and then I'll kind of sit down and, and evaluate. So both like him for DB. Early on, Washington State was kind of saying athlete, but now they're kind of saying more so for corner. Oregon State is saying corner, so he loved Oregon State, though. He definitely told me that uh, that was a great trip, and he, he liked it a lot. So um, I think they definitely put their best foot forward. Now we'll see if Washington State can match. Ironically, I kind of mentioned, I don't know if it, it hurts you too much to lose your lose your game on your official visit, but ironically for JoJo, the team that Oregon State lost to was Washington State. So I kind of said, hey, you know, you're going to be visiting Washington State. You just saw them beat Oregon State. How they look? He's like, man, Washington State looks really good. They were really impressive. So I'm not saying that's going to be a deciding factor, but I do think that, you know, watching Washington State play in person two weeks in a row and watching them beat the team that you just visited, that I think could play a small, small role. At least I think in his head he goes, he's thinking this team is pretty good, Washington State. And, uh, you know, they gotta, they're got they building something pretty special right now. They they got a good. They got a good team, man. I, I'm always blown away. Mike Leach. He probably does more with less than, than any other coach out west, at least. I mean, Washington State, man. They're always competitive against against everybody and going to bowl games. And so, 
Yeah, they almost we'll up, almost upset that. SC this year, right? Almost, yeah. yeah. What it could have set up. Yeah, no question about it. You know, I want to really quickly get back to that Boise State, bringing in some of those top players, the Markham Twins, Darian Chase, the number one player out of Washington. Reminds me, in back in the early 80s, GB, I don't know if you remember this as a, as a sports fan, but Duke was on the rise kind of in the really, really early 80s. And I kind of like this Boise State football program. And they had a chance. They brought in two big-time recruits on a visit. A guy by the name of Johnny Dawkins, a guard, and a big man from Southern California by the name of Jay Billis. Coach K, being the dynamic recruiter that he is, they ended up signing Dawkins and Bellis, and that that is those two signings propelled the Duke program to where they are now, and, and nationally, you know, not nationally known, but world-renowned Duke basketball, um, multiple national championships, multiple Final Fours, you know, unbelievable lineages coming out of that Duke program. Can Boise State at some point turn the corner with these top-notch recruits? Can they start bringing in these four-star players, five-star players to come into Boise? and put their stamp on the program to where other four- and five-star players want to come there as well. GB, what do you think about that comparison? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, I think it's always tough to compare basketball and football because, you know, with basketball, I mean, you can, you can do it with just three or four guys sure. turn the whole program around, right? Football, you need 50. So, but I do remember it, that, those, that the Duke, when they first kind of started to rise up a little bit. Yeah. And... I hate Duke basketball, Keith. I've yeah, always do. hated them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think this, it's, it's got to be like partly the Dick Vitale, homework for them. They get every, every call in the world. I just, something about them. They always seem kind of fake and phony, but I do think Coach K is a phenomenal coach and they got a great program. But uh, no, Boise State, they've had a couple of top 10 teams in the past. Sure. And they've shown they can play with the big boys. But yeah, I think it's going to be tough if, if you're talking modern day, you know, now when you look at what they're doing at Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and you know we have a a Texas coming up and it just for Boise State to compete with those kind of athletes I think it's going to be very 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 tough just because again you can't just do it with three or four you you need 50 guys to to really be at that level and so not just Boise shoot all the West Coast teams we struggle trying to compete with some of those teams in the South because we just don't have the, the linemen the size the toughness so but I am a fan of Boise State for sure. I've always kind of compared them, you know, Gonzaga basketball. They'll, they'll play anyone. They'll beat anyone. And you don't want to play them. There's kind of everything to lose, nothing to gain. Uh, Well-coached, tough, fundamental. So, yeah, I'm a fan for sure of the Bronco program. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, appreciate you, GB. Commits, visits, officials, unofficials. Congratulations to all the parents, the families, and the kids out there doing their stuff. Greg Biggins, thanks a lot for the recruiting. Right now, my man, it's time. It's time, my man. It is time (laughs) for none other. It's time for our Sleeper of the Week. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. 
They'll beat anyone's advertised price or your mattresses free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, our sleeper of the week this week comes from a school in the South Bay. Head coach Travis Clark, a dear friend of the show, fantastic coach, building a terrific program out there at Lawndale High School. We're talking about none other than the two-way athlete, jumbo athlete at six feet, 250 pounds, Naka Fahina. Am I saying that right, GB? Absolutely. Naka Fahina. Naki. Naki Fahina, the two-way <laughs> athlete. He plays some linebacker. He plays some D-line. He plays some fullback. He's got a Nevada offer, probably at that kind of H-back, fullback position. Saw this kid a little bit last week on TV. Was impressed by his physicality, GB. Uh, the kid, is he's got a head made of brick, and uh, he's coming downhill, whether it be offensively or defensively, and he loves contact, right? He's full speed. He's aggressive. He plays with unbelievable energy and passion. Naki Fahina. Lawndale High School, a six feet, two hundred fifty pound senior, an offer from Nevada, like I said before, but a, a physical specimen who plays with unbelievable passion, who's got terrific smarts as a football player, made a game saving, a touchdown saving tackle, he blocked a PAT, uh, he caught two passes for twenty yards, and uh, he was a menace on the defensive side of the ball. So Naki Fahina, Lawndale High School. Congratulations, my man. You're this week's Transparent Truth Sleeper of the Week. Had a big season, Keith. And looking at the stats, I mean, 52 tackles, 14 for loss, seven sacks. You mentioned the offensive production. You know, just kind of curious exactly where does he fit scheme-wise at the next level. You mentioned he's, you know, six feet, you know, what, 240. The the hope maybe he can get to 6'1 and 250. So, um, is he going to be an undersized, you know, defensive end? Does he have the length that most schools like to see? Does he go on the offensive route and just be a, you know, a, a punch in the mouth fullback? You know, a lot of teams don't really use a traditional fullback anymore. But some kids, you know, Keith, you just say, you know, he's a football player, and you leave it at that, and you take him and you try to find a place for him. But uh, toughness and physicality and motor. Those are three skill sets that I don't think a lot of players have, and this guy has them in spades. So, Naki Fahina, Transparent Truth, Sleeper of the Week. Hey, I like it. My boy Naki Fahina, a physical beast with a head made of brick. He's coming downhill, GB. Who wants to get in his way? No, not me, man. I wouldn't want him to hit my house, more or less me. <laughs> no question about it. It's time to move along, my guy. We're talking... Top performers of last week. I don't have a huge list, GB, but I do have a list. I'm going to get us started. We're going to take it to Paraclete High School. Marshall Saul, the quarterback, 25 of 35, 331 and two touchdowns. St. Francis QB, Darius Parenthes, big-time player, makes big-time plays, 24 of 37, 406 yards and five tubs. Quarterback Jaden Casey, I know he was your Fox Sports Player of the Week, GB. I have him as one of my top performers, five touchdowns. He threw for four, he ran for one, which was the game winner. He also threw for 409 yards. How about quarterback and probably top newcomer of the year in the state of California, Caden Bell out of J. Sarah, five touchdown passes. What about... 
Pro Football Hall of Fame, Pro Football Hall of Fame All American, Bo Halinski out of Orange Lutheran, twenty-seven of forty-five versus Bosco, two eighty, three touchdowns, and threw some straight dimes at crucial situations in the game. Wide receiver, wide receiver Jordan Murray out of Marietta Valley, seven catches, 190 yards, four touchdowns. He also had a 85-yard punt return for a touchdown in the fourth quarter. That's a huge game. And then we're going to take it really quickly to modern day high school. The magician, Bryce Young, 11 of 14, 283, and four touchdowns for the 2020 Pro Football Hall of Fame All-American quarterback. GB? I am going to piggyback on Jaden Casey. It was actually five touchdowns he threw for and had the one rushing. So he accounted for six touchdowns oh, for okay. Calabasas. Okay. Pittman caught, yeah, Micah Pittman caught a couple of those. Yep. Uh, he was 10 for 138 and two touchdowns. Micah Pittman was. Uh, how about also kind of piggybacking on your Marshall Saul from Paraclete? Not only did he have those numbers that you threw out there against Darius Prantes, but he had the game-winning touchdown throw with eight seconds left. Keith, I love clutch play. No doubt. I love that guy who just comes up clutch. How about guys been kind of a one of my favorite quarterbacks since the spring? Weston Eget from West Ranch. All he did keep was throw for 431 yards and five touchdowns. Nice. He had a teammate who goes by the name Ryan Camacho. Not sure if he's related to Hector Macho Camacho. Don't think so. But Ryan had a huge game. 398 all-purpose yards and four touchdowns. Rushed for two, caught two. Jeez. He had a 251-yard rushing game as part of that almost 400-yard all-purpose yards. And his brother, Joe Vaughn, I really hope they're related to Macho Camacho. <laughs> I'm just going to say they are. That's an uncle. So these guys could be Ryan and Joe Vaughn, Macho Camacho. Six catches for Joe Vaughn for 169 and two touchdowns. So, dude, those Camacho brothers, Keith. Showing up and showing out. Dude, that's almost like, what, 600 yards? <laughs> Ain't no doubt. It. It's a two-man show over there. How about Ethan Garbers, Keith? Oh, yes. 24-30 for 472 yards and six touchdowns. Of course, his guy John Humphreys was the beneficiary of a lot of those touchdowns. 11 catches for 273 yards and four touchdowns, Keith. Assuming the CDM, who's ranked, I want to say, number two in their division, uh, assuming they make you know at least a semifinal appearance, which seems likely, if they play two or three games, he's on pace for a 30-touchdown season. Mr. John Humphreys is. Humphrey family is awesome. I love Big Ben. Older brother playing at Duke. Yeah. yeah I like Duke football. Not like Duke basketball, but okay. I really like Duke football just because of Ben. Good old Cutcliffe. Well, Jaden Daniels, not just what he did. It was, a, it was a nice game for him. Not extraordinary, but for him it was nice. But through 311 yards through the air. But the big thing was he broke the all-time record for yards passing in a career for San Bernardino County, Keith. 11,469. He's only behind Hank, the bank, Bachmeyer. Spank! The whole entire bank. He's only trailed Hank in the Inland Empire. Oh. Hank's got 12,074 yards. So he's about 500 yards more than Jaden is. Yeah. I got a feeling Jaden's going to catch him, though, because I, I see Cajon making a, a much longer playoff run than I see Mirada Valley. So I could see Jaden just, just in two games get to the 500 yards and, and breaking Hank's record. Jake Browning holds the state record for yards and touchdowns, by the way, who's currently playing the Oregon Ducks this weekend, Keith. Big yep. game. I didn't mention it in the recruiting notes, but yeah, your boy Kayvon Thibodeau taking his official visit to Oregon this weekend to see those Ducks. 
KT. The Washington Huskies. Yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned what Ryan Helensky did. Um, across the field from him was a guy named Chris Hudson, who had four touchdowns, two receiving, and a pair of 90-yard kickoff returns for touchdowns. Keith, I've never seen one team with three kickoff returns in the same game for touchdowns. It was interesting. Pretty pitiful. It was interesting. Performance <laughs> by the Olu special team. But great job by Chris Hudson. Also, uh, quarterback with some, some nice numbers, Keith. DJ Wooey under the lay. How about these? 22 or 27 for 268, three touchdowns, and rushed for two touchdowns. Nice numbers. Nice, nice, nice numbers with Terrell Diggs. We've said him a couple times, haven't we, Keith? Grace Brethren. Oh, yeah. 163 yards rushing, three touchdowns, and a safety coming off the edge playing linebacker. Big sack in big, that game. Big line trail at, at 5'8", 220. Jeez. Coming off that edge like a fire hydrant. Keith, that's all I got, man. You, that rest of the way is all you. Let's go with 2021 linebacker DN out of Notre Dame High School. Sophomore Adrian Aguirre. Two sacks, two fumble recoveries, one return for a touchdown versus Lindell. He had a big game. Notre Dame surging ahead in that league. You better look out for the Knights. They're the Knights, correct, GB? They are. Dude, this week, Fish Vermont. Yeah, Notre Dame. The, that's that's going to be a good game. Two, oh, two yeah. Teams. yeah. Coach Rooney still getting it done over there in Sherman Oaks. How about athlete Jordan Patterson out of Westlake? 10 catches, 200 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Big game. First game of the season for him, and he showed up and showed out. Congratulations to the big fella. Always liked him as a player. Um, 2020 quarterback Dylan Guetta from Arcadia. Six out of seven. 153 yards and four touchdowns. All in the first half, GB. Had to shout my guy out. Arcadia putting up numbers in crazy fashion. Last but not least, out here in SoCal, my guy Naki Fahina from Lindale. He had nine tackles, three for loss, three quarterback hurries on defense. On offense, he had two receptions, 20 yards and a touchdown. He also punted. He saved a touchdown on return by making a big tackle, and he blacked an extra point. Naki Fahina, our sleeper of the week, is our last top performer here in SoCal. Let's take it to NorCal. Adi Anderson, five carries, 200 yards, four touchdowns. You hearing that, GB? I am. That's big time. <laughs> that is big time. Always on this show, I cannot leave out my guy, Caden Bennett. First half stats only, 13 of 17, 265 yards, and six touchdowns in the first half. KB always does it big. Take it to San Diego. Kearney running back. He's been a repeat performer. Deuce Reynolds. You're going to like this kid. Eight carries, 216, three touchdowns. Sam Pasquale, defender, Chase Horton, recorded 18 tackles. As a former defender myself, that's a big-time game, and I know my buddy had to ice up after that. How about the Vista High School offensive line? The offense ran for 580 yards on 38 carries, GB. My man, that's almost 15 yards a carry in a win over Del Norte. Desmond Tower, he led the way at 10 carries, 227, two touchdowns. Always on our list, I think he's maybe missed one week, Jamon McClendon. 36 rushes, 255 yards, and four touchdowns for Monta Vista. Mira Mesa quarterback, like this kid, Noah Tumblin. 
390 yards total offense. He's a lefty GB. He was 15 for 21 for 229 and two touchdowns. He rushed 19 times for 161 and another score. University quarterback Gunner Gray, 19 to 34, 305 and four touchdowns. Gunner Gray, man, he lights it up. How about Madison running back Keenan Kristen? 17 carries, 153, three touchdowns, plus GB, a 90-yard kickoff return on the first play of the game. He can go. No doubt. And ten, lastly. 10 5 8 man. It's speed, speed is the – hey, kids, run track. Eastlake sophomore Richard Colmanero, the third. He was 23 of 29, 377, and five touchdowns, GB. And that does it for our California, state of California, top performers. Congratulations, fellas. Keep doing your stuff. We'll keep shouting you out. I love how you boys are getting down. Repeat performers, Kristen, McClendon, Deuce Reynolds, Bo Halinski. Boy, I like, I like these guys. They, they, they go big when it's time to go big. I respect it. I respect it. GB? Go hard or go home. Ain't no doubt, my man. It's time to get to these game recaps, man. I know we had about five games last week. Let's talk about it. What you got for us? Yeah, we did have a a nice, easy slate. How about we go with Chaminade Alamini? Alamini with a big win. You you called this an upset. I didn't think it was an upset. I I just thought Alamini had been playing better. And they won. They won pulling away from Chaminade, Keith. 31 to 14. It was tied at the half. 14-14, 14 to 14, and then Alamini scored all 17 second half points in the third quarter. As he mentioned, the great Milamas. Nice game. Some, you know, some guys, Keith, Cooper Cup, Gunner Gray, you can't say just their first name or just their last name. It just sounds better saying it together. Miller Moss. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Miller Moss. These are, these are football names. These are legit football names. Dude, Gunner Gray. Are you kidding me? I mean, this guy had no chance but to be a good football player with a name like no, that. No, a quarterback, GB. Not just a football player. He had to be a qu- oh. Gunner? A guy's name is Gunner. Gunner. I like it. Yeah. Miller Moss, 267. Two touchdowns. He's got a host of receivers that are all young kids, Keith. These guys are all young. They're puppies. Alonzo Fontenet had 144 yards in that game. Kevin Green, who's a freshman for crying out loud, had nine catches in that game. Dude, these guys are going to be good. I mentioned Fontenet. He also had a touchdown, but he's only a sophomore. And they were able to just have their way. I mean, our guy Blake, the bully, Anzalotto still did his thing with 15 or 16 tackles offensively. You know, Shaman just isn't able to do a whole lot right now. They're yeah. not able to really scare you. Yeah. So they got some dudes. Jonathan Thomas also had a double-digit tackle game. Michael Erhart, uh, Oregon State commit, nine tackles. But uh, Alamany, man, they only got that one loss to Oaks Christian. No shame in that at all. Alamany, and they're 2-0 and as well. So you got Notre Dame, Bishamont, who are playing each other this week, are 2-0. and And then Alamany is also 2-0. and Chaminade and Sarah Keith are right in the pine. Fighting yeah. for last place this year. And those, those are the two teams that usually contest for a for the league championship. Oh, my God. It's the toilet bowl this year. Shouting out Sarah. It's unbelievable. I can't even... I couldn't imagine this happening at the beginning of the season. We knew Shouting out was going to have a little bit of a tough season. Sarah, a little bit more of the disappointment. 
But nevertheless, Alamany doing a great job. I love Moss, Fano, Kevin Green. They got some players up over there. Our guy, Allende Bomani, coaching those running backs up. You know they got guys that can go. Uh, what about this Bish Bomont Notre Dame game? That's going to be exciting coming up here shortly. What else we got, GB? Yeah, so Bish Bomont, they're a high school. You kind of went with your heart. Yeah. Um, you really wanted to do it, but you did it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a mistake, Keith, because Bishop Lamont with a pretty convincing 35-14 to 14 win. I finally figured out what happened to Damian Moore. I didn't even, I kept saying, where is this guy? Well, I guess he got hurt the first game of the year. So, with a knee injury. So, his replacement comes in there, right. Kenny Collins, and he rushed for over 100 yards. Blake Archuleta, very efficient, just 10 of 15, 156 yards. Uh, Doug Bromfield has had a really good season, got knocked out of the game. Um, so they were able to, to really get it going offensively. Our guy, who's the son of a legend, Dyson McCutcheon, had a touchdown on this one. Uh, he's just a sophomore, so remember that name, obviously, Dyson McCutcheon, son of the great Daylon McCutcheon, who played at USC, and obviously Bitch Vermont as well. So Vermont is pretty good. They got that 6-1 and one record, although I think there's kind of an asterisk by that. You know they were they did lose the modern day, but they got the win because of an eligible player. So, uh, but they're really good. Six and one, two and zero. Oh. They played Notre Dame, Sherman Oaks, who was five and two and two and zero oh this week. So, Amont, good team, good players, good coaching staff. They're tough. They got forty one seniors, but that last week we have a forty one uh, group of seniors that are you know that been around that long. Man, that they're they're hungry. They know this is their last time. Last chance for greatness, Keith. They want to go out on a good note. I like so it. they're doing it. I like it. It's guys who are invested, guys who have bought in to the philosophy and the hard work and commitment of the program, guys who have bonded together for four years, and they're coming out smacking teams around, and they're taking control of that mission league. I'm excited to see how things end up as the season winds down here over the next few weeks, GB. A really good game that I watched on Prep Zone, Calabasas and Sierra Canyon. And Calabasas end up winning 42-35 to on a quarterback sneak from uh, Casey with a minute left. Mentioned this game, you know, a lot of scoring. Calabasas jumped out 14 nothing, And then from then, it was a game. He sat, uh, Sierra Canyon tied it up at 14. And then it was 21-14, 21-21. 28-21, I mean, they, they couldn't pull away. Calabasas couldn't pull away, but Sierra Canyon... Could never get that one stop. So there were ties at 14, 28, 28, and 35. I think Sierra Canyon drove to like the 20 yard line. Their kicker was out. They went for it on fourth and 10, didn't get it. And then that's when Casey led that game winning 75 or 80 yard drive, whatever it was, and culminated it, culminated it with a, a one yard sneak with a minute left. So really competitive game. You know, Calabasas has those, has those three receivers. All of them were good. Already mentioned, um, Pittman and our stat stars, but um, Drain Burton caught two touchdowns. Johnny Wilson had 100 yards and a touchdown. So all three big guys making plays. Yeah, Chaney Perry played with the flu, but still threw for over 20 yards. Uh, Jarrett Staub, 120 yards receiving and a touchdown. Hey, remember Corey Jones, Keith Lash? Yes. Like this guy a lot. He broke his leg in the first play of the game. Oh, so no. not only is he out for that game, obviously, but he's out for the season. So tough loss for Sierra. And God, they have like three losses that are all kind of like this. Yeah. You know, down to the wire, they start nine or ten freshmen and sophomores. So watch out for those guys next year. Sierra Canyon is going to be a team that's uh, not a lot of teams are going to want to mess with. But congrats to Calabasas. They have Newberry Park this week. And then in two weeks, Keith, it's going to be fun. 
going to be Oaks Christian. It's going to be the game of the week. And I don't, I don't know if you, you know, follow the little Twitter skirmishes between Kayvon and, and Micah Pittman. It's been pretty entertaining to watch those two guys kind of chirp at each other. So in two weeks, I'm going to assume both are going to be still undefeated in league play. Oaks Christian, Calabasas, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It will be a lot of fun, GB. And you know, that chirping been going on ever since they were in Canton, Ohio this summer. And trust me, I got an ear full of it. Uh, they're going back and forth. Kayvon thinks it's going to be a runaway. Micah Pittman thinks, you know, they're being slept on at Calabasas. And uh, those guys are going to continue to talk. They're going to talk during the game. But you know what? It's all in good fun. Um, they they enjoy the combativeness. And um, I think it's entertaining for people to watch and, and listen to. So, uh, like I said, going to be a great game. I'll be at that one. Oaks Christian, Calabasas, filled with big-time players, Hall of Fame All-Americans. And uh, like you said, Micah Pittman, you, Kayvon Thibodeau, you, you better come ready to play. So two more keys. We've got Culver City, Londell, and Bosco, St. John Bosco, Orange Lutheran. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and uh, go with the Culver City, Londell game. Uh, ended up being a... Bit of a runaway. Uh, I mean, it was it was close. You know, Londell was up three touchdowns late in the game, and then Culver City scored twice and were driving for their game tying touchdown with about two minutes left. And shoot, high school football now, I, I say go for two in the win. So they were driving for the potential win after Londell kind of had built a three touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. They got the defense, the defense stop they needed, able to pull the game out. Jordan Wilmar, uh, Will Moore. Excuse me, was uh, not able to play in the second half. He sprained his ankle on a long run in the first half. He kind of saw that happen. He got kind of got caught from behind, and the guy kind of fell, dove, and kind of fell over his leg, and his foot bent back in an awkward position. By the way, uh, I didn't mention him, but he also, Jordan Wilmer, the USC commit, visited Boise State this past weekend, Keith. So hmm. um, I didn't think he's still solid, but I think he wanted to go. Boise State's done a heck of a job recruiting him. But, um, no, it was, it was a pretty entertaining game. You know, we mentioned Naki Fahina. And Lonzo's got just so many athletes. And, and the story I thought was, you know, Jalen Daniels, not to be confused with Jaden Daniels from Cajon, Jalen Daniels, who's a Narbonne transfer, played quarterback. He ended up being like the featured running back in the game. I think he had like 190 yards yeah. in this one and, and didn't throw it a ton, but it was just he kind of took over the, the ground game for him. And that was kind of what was able to able to pull out the win was, was Naki Fahina making plays. Um Nelly Livingston, I thought had a good game. Mikel Steen had a good game. They got really good athletes over there. Uh, Jonathan Watson, another big-time athlete for Londale. He returned the second half kickoff, 90 yards for a, for a touchdown. So, Culver City battled, and they got a slew of, of really talented receivers who made it close. But uh, in the end, Londale was able to hold on for the victory. Yeah, big victory for Londale. Culver City finally on prime time. They get down early, but they put a, a good effort in coming back and almost – sneak away with a victory. Nevertheless, the Travis Clarksters over there at Lawndale get the W without their top four-star running back, Jordan Will score. And uh, it's time to move along. Move it to the Trinity League, GB. What do you got? Yeah, St. John Bosco knocked off Orange Lutheran 63-28 in a game that was much closer than that score would indicate. It should have been at the half tied up 
but the Orange Lutheran special teams, Keith, were about as bad as, as I've ever seen. And it was about to be 21-21. Orange Lutheran's battling. Helensky's hanging in there making throws. Logan Moya can't be covered. JoJo Hawkins is making plays down the field. They just scored with like 20 seconds left. Right. Thinking, Man, this is a heck of, gonna be a heck of a second half. All of a sudden, here goes Chris Hudson to the house. For the second time in the game, 90 yards. And now all of a sudden now, Bosco goes up at the half, 20-21. And then they also return the opening kickoff of the second half for a touchdown, Chris Hudson. So it went from literally like that. Chris Hudson with two kickoff returns for a touchdown to end the first half. And to start off the second half, and it goes from being a tie game to down two touchdowns, Orange Lou. Never got the offense rolling in the second half. Only scored seven points out of their 28 points. And Bosco just kind of, I don't want to know if they wore them down. We mentioned probably too much. I'm going to keep focusing on just all the injuries that Olu has. They got, you know, guys that step up and they, they played as hard as they could. But 63-28 was the final score. Mentioned the numbers for DJ. Mentioned Chris Hudson. Tyus Poyer also had a kickoff return for a touchdown. He's a pretty talented athlete as well. And, uh, yeah, Keith. That was you know, one thing that surprised me. Look at the stats, Keith. Was they never Bosco wasn't really able to get the the run game going like they did against Jay Sarah. You know, mm-hmm. we saw Savage and Halani just running through holes and, and running physically. You know, Keith Savage only had six carries and George only had seven carries. Hmm. So between the two of them, yeah, you would have thought they would have you know in that kind of game managed to feed the beast. Savage six for thirty six, Halani seven for fifty eight, and he had that forty yard touchdown. Late in the fourth quarter, I think that was like the dagger, if there already wasn't yeah. a dagger. But <laughs> take away that 40-yard touchdown by George, and he only had, what, six carries for 18 yards? Yeah. So, again, Orange Lou missing Zach Brogdon, yeah. who's our leading tackler. Um, so that was a little concerning. DJ had two touchdowns rushing. Um, Bowman was our top receiver, seven catches, 104. Uh you know, for Orange Lou, again, Logan Loya, JoJo Hopkins kind of filled in really admirably, admirably for Kyle Ford. Uh, 100 yards for Logan and 96 for JoJo, but uh, I know you got a ton of takeaways from this game, Keith, so I'm going to let you have the floor and just go at it. Yeah, I'm just trying to organize my thoughts right now. First off, I want to give credit to uh, Orange Lutheran's offense. I thought that um, they ran the ball much more effectively than I thought they would be able to versus Bosco. Um, And it goes back to two weeks ago where I said on the show, Greg, there was calls for concern for me with Bosco. And I talked about their run defense and I talked about Chris Street. You fast forward it seven days later. More heightened concerned about Bosco's run defense. Um, Orange Lutheran, not a perennial powerhouse on the ground by no means. Um, But they found mild success running a football inside the tackles versus that big, fast, and physical Bosco defense. In addition to that, uh, I want to give credit to the wide receivers at Orange Lutheran, in which they don't take a backseat to anybody. Okay, let's be clear. Uh, someone asked me, you know, who's got the best skill players in California? And, and out of all the schools, and, you, and we're talking about the Sarahs, the Boscos, the modern day, I chose Orange Lutheran. Um, 
when they have all their players healthy, of course. But when you talk about guys like, you know, JoJo Hawkins, who's electric with his feet and can make plays on the ball. Logan Loya, who's a tough cover for anybody. Doesn't matter who it is. Um, you know, Elijah Maharo, who's got terrific hands. You know, Ethan Ray, who can run a route. They have very good skill and they're tough matchups. And I thought, A, they created separation. B, they made plays on the football. So let's give credit to Orange Lutheran. Um, they did a nice job. And Ryan Helensky, he threw some dimes. Uh, he dropped some in a bucket that you couldn't have placed in a guy's arms any better with your hand. Uh, also want to give credit to the Bosco special teams. To return a kick, GB, you have to, A, uh, you got to block. B, you got to run with vision, patience, and speed. They did all those things. Um, and you could say, you know, hey, if they didn't have those three returns, but the returns are a part of the game. Orange oh, Lutheran totally. has to find bigger, faster, more athletic, and aggressive players on their kickoff team, and they got to be able to go down and execute, keep the ball on their inside shoulder, and converge on the ball carrier. With that being said, you can imagine that Bosco won't have three kickoffs in a returns in a game anymore this year, which is a legitimate claim. Um, I want to take it to Bosco's offense. A little disappointed in their ability to A, run the football more effectively, and B, stick with the running game. I'm talking off air, GB, and I know we'll talk about this on Friday. When you have a big-time quarterback prospect back and, and, and that toy that you have with DJ <clears throat> at 6'5", standing in the pocket, you want to use him, you want to use him, but... Bosco's a big physical team and they got away from the run game and I think it affected them negatively. Uh, and I wish they that they didn't. Halani and Savage are very, very good. They need the football. Number two, um, I know G- DJ's numbers were good. Uh, I wasn't impressed uh, by what he did. I thought he made a couple bad decisions. I thought he made a few bad throws. Um... I think he he tucks the ball away and puts his head down to run way too early. Um, He's got a lot of things he needs to work on kind of moving forward. I just wasn't impressed. I just wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed by the Bosco offense. I wasn't impressed by the Bosco defense. I wasn't impressed by DJ. I I, I was impressed. I thought Kobe Bowman looked really good. Uh, I thought Savage made a great run, a physical run uh, during the game. But just Bosco in a, as a whole, uh, I'm just not where I thought I would be at this point. And we'll talk more about this on Friday. Um, I'm just I'm not impressed. The run defense to me is a little suspect. I think the pass offense um, has some definitely uh, chinks in the armor. I think the pass blocking definitely has some chinks in the armor. Um, and I think the offensive staff um, needs to come back to reality and figure out that George Halani um, may be the best player on this offense right now and he needs the football more so you know those are my takeaways GB yeah those are uh, those are a lot of takeaways for sure yeah. um, do you feel like Bosco if you didn't have as high as expectations for them before the year, would you be as disappointed? Yes, 
I would. I think, you know, I think you anticipated them being yeah. a little more impressive, right? I mean, right. if you look on paper, shoot, you know, I said last week, I think people who were, were they were a little bit too hard on Bosco for not blowing out Jay Sarah, and I'm saying, hey, how about we give credit to Jay Sarah? Sure. You know, Orange Lou, I think, is a, is a really good football team, and woulda, coulda, shoulda, they shoulda, woulda, coulda beaten Mission Viejo. Mm-hmm. They were up on Centennial most of that first half and sure. into the third quarter. I mean, it's a good football team, right? They're playing some good football teams, so it's not like they're beating. You know, they're, they're done playing. You know, the teams from Utah and San Garces or whatever. So, I, I see what you're saying. I yeah. think that the expectation is so high. It's kind of like, you know, when you. I was disappointed the Rams only beat the Seahawks by a touchdown. Yeah, because I'm by two points. Sure. Excuse me, because I, I had them blowing them out, and I was disappointed in. You know the defense and making Russell Wilson, who's a great player, look even greater. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but uh, expectation probably has. I yeah, think sure. added to it. it yeah. I'm sure it adds something to it. But if you look at that roster, <clears throat> if you look at that roster, and I know Orange Lutheran's a good football team, but they're a good football team missing a lot of really good football players. Let's be honest, okay? Um, and if you look at that Bosco roster. You think there's no way Orange Lutheran's going to run for more than 25 yards in a game against them? No way. There's just no way. They did. And matter of fact, they ran for much more than that. Uh, they found space. And, um, you know, credit to Orange Lutheran. They did a nice job. I just, Bosco has not been as dominant as I anticipated and thought that it would be coming into the season. Which gives me more cause for concern, as just like I said last week, and now they go up against that red wave coming up this Friday, and um, we'll talk a little bit more about it on Friday. GB, I've got some thoughts, I've got some predictions. Can't wait for everybody to hear it. Yeah, Bosco's always. I thought every year we've been saying kind of the same thing. You know, they're always a little bit slow starting. You know, even two years ago when they won a state championship and were just so dominant, they got kind of worked by Bishop Gorman in the second half of that game when yeah. they were up in the first half and in the second half they got just steamrolled and lost to Modern Day and just even their wins didn't look that great and then they got it rolling Yeah. and last year same kind of the same thing um, slow starting although they never really got it rolling they, they still I feel like they kind of picked it up so I think now is obviously the time that they need to play their you know the great John Wooden competitive greatness be your best and your best is required right Right now, your best is definitely required against that red wave, like you said, Modern Day, because Modern Day is definitely peaking at the right time, and uh, Bosco needs to kind of match that, and I think we'll talk about that a lot on Friday, but uh, yeah, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, so we'll just wait till Friday to talk about that matchup, but yeah. it'll be a fun one. Well, yeah, we'll see if they can hit that switch, no doubt. Well, that brings us to a close. We appreciate you guys for joining us on The Transparent Truth. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are out there. Without further ado, there's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.